Viktor Frankl said, Everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms. To choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's way. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson. Stay tuned for the next hour as Sue explores the human psyche, what makes us tick and how to live better, more fulfilled and more meaningful lives. Only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson on the Finding Human program and my guest today is Classy Vessels. He was with me on the 17th of May and we got such a good feedback and people wanting to know more which are of certain self-distancing, self-transcendence issues that we decided to meet again today. Welcome, Classy. Hello, Sue. I can. Uh, I am actually in studio, so I'm sitting opposite Craig, which is always a good feeling of protection from him. Thank you, Craig. <laughs> and I'm looking at you, uh, and I see that it's cold in Stellenbosch. Yes, yes, winter is here, but it's nice to be chatting to you. Nice to <laughs> Thank chat you for to inviting you. Me. Uh, we're also very cold here. Just let me, for people who do not know Classy, but I think a lot of you do, Classy. Um, was former chairman of FCB Advertising Agency in Johannesburg. Before he decided to turn into a transition coach, he is a diplomat in logotherapy, an educator of it. He he runs workshops, team building, life coaching, leadership, executive coaching, and uh, mindfulness and mindful leadership uh, courses. So he's got his hands full with the workshops he, he runs. And he also takes a street, uh, he's a director of the Street School Journeys of Discovery, which is what we discussed last week. Classy, COVID has left many of us feeling very vulnerable, questioning our lives, our purpose here, and having a sense of urgency almost to complete tasks but not sure what those tasks are. And again and again, I actually hear people say, what is this all about? Climate change, catastrophes, floods, fires, hurricanes, mass shootings lately, terror attacks, war and hatred. And uh, someone said to me the other day, I really don't want to live in this world anymore. What have you got to say about that? So, the theme for today that we picked is a view from the top right. and it is in essence creating context um, in this crazy upside down mad world that we sometimes find ourselves in and i thought for today to focus on three aspects of it and, and we're going to embroider around it as we go through it but just firstly um, you know why is it useful why is it useful to have a view from the top and the clue is obviously in coping with our existential challenges but we're going to look at why is it useful the benefits of having a, a larger view uh, what gets in the way secondly i thought just to highlight um, there are five particular things in this modern day that we live in that gets in the way of us having this bigger perspective and then how do we actually do it you know how, well what can we do on a day-to-day -day basis you know, to, to, to have this, this, this bigger view. So I, the, the thing, you know, th just thinking, I, I was, uh, um, I had the benefit of being in nature last week and being in nature reminded me of 
how we want to domesticate life, and I mean this in a general sense. We, in nature, things flow. Nature doesn't have a problem with death. Nature doesn't have a problem with tomorrow or with yesterday. Nature just gets on with it, accepting how life is being presented to it. But us as humans want to organize, domesticate, draw lines. We want to categorize. We want to, we want to file. We want to, we want to neaten up. And, and in the process, I think we get so disconnected from nature, and I, and I mean nature in its fullest sense, our mm. own nature, mm. to, to be free and to accept and these things aren't necessarily easy. And uh, sorry, Sue, this is not a therapy session. Session, so I can no, get away I with actually, I like saying, what you're saying. saying quite honestly, <laughs> <laughs> we, we can we can get away with saying certain things. But th this view from the top, especially in times for today, just reminding us why a view from the top is a reality check. It is making us aware of our life realities, our existential realities, and sometimes we lose touch with our own reality. So a view from the top is useful for that. Secondly, it helps us keep our psychic balance. It helps us cope. It helps us handle stress. It helps us deal with anxiety. And these questions of what is this going on here? You know, why? What, what, what am I doing here? I don't feel like living in this environment. So a view from the top can help us Take another look and re-energize and find new psychic and, 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 and mental energy. It helps us obviously, you know, navigate more calmly, you know, through, through, through life. In a fourth sort of just thinking of it, it, it can help us arrive at critical points in our life feeling it was worth it. Mm. There is, I think, nothing as sad as arriving at the critical point in your life thinking, what was it all for? And having an empty feeling, that emptiness. And I, you know, my personal example of this is when my brother passed away and he said to me, my life had no meaning. Well, he, he spoke in Afrikaans, but in essence, he said, my life didn't make sense. Could, it could be interpreted both ways. But that, so, so having a larger view helps us make sure that we do not arrive at critical points in our life feeling it wasn't worth it. It helps us transcend, which is, such a key responsibility that we have to ourselves and to the people around us. And it helps us to see the beauty. Absolutely. You know, it helps. So, but now I, I want to interrupt myself if it's okay by just saying one thing. You know, we're talking about philosophical concepts and we're talking about concepts here, you know, and, and we have thoughts. But there's a there's a danger in analyzing something to the extent that it becomes complicated. So as I'm talking, going through this, like for instance, like if you look at a flower and somebody needs to explain a flower to you in, in terms of scientific characteristics or in terms of its biology, it becomes awfully complicated. Absolutely. <laughs> and it loses its life. Uh. Whereas if you just look at the flower, it's beautiful. You don't have to analyze it to bits, you know? So, so <laughs> You know, so it's there's, funny there's you a... say that because Helen Keller actually, she said, in, in people explaining things to her, some people felt that they had to give her so much detail, but that didn't actually enter her soul. It was yeah. sometimes the, it was almost seeing it in a child's eyes yeah. that awakened her own imagination to it. That's so cool. And you yeah. know, Wayne Dyer says, Classy, that 
When we change the way we look at things, the things we change, we look at change. And Absolutely. I think this is very much what this view from above Absolutely. or on the top is. Absolutely. As we're looking at it from a transcendent point of view, it does change yeah. our, our opinion of it. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely, and that is so. It is, and that is so important. And uh, those comments of the, the people made to you about our current conditions and what you just highlighted—you know—if you if you turn on the news channel, uh, you you got to shake your head. And you know, often life is referred to as a as a mystery, and a mystery has something charming about it. But there's things today that there's, there's nothing charming about most of the things that you see on the news. So. So the other thing I thought we must just touch on is what gets in the way typically. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure your listeners will relate to some extent to these things. The, and there's five particular areas. And we're but, going to get back to those five areas because okay, they're very okay. important in a moment. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. This is Sue Jackson, and I'm on the Finding Human program, and I'm with Classy Vessels. And our topic is the view from the top or the view from above. And Classy was about to talk about the things that actually get in our way as we are looking from a transcendence point of view, looking down on what is happening in our lives. Right, Classy, I'm back with you. So, yes. Um, so just a, a foundational concept that, that, that's, that supports what gets in the way is what I call ego consciousness or ego awareness or our awareness of our own ego. And what I mean by that is that the bigger our ego is and this concept that we have of ourselves and the ego is very clever to inflate itself and make itself very 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 important and very very powerful but that the bigger our awareness is of this the better we will be able to cope with it mm -hmm. because we will actually see the context i mean this view from the top um, has central to it is our, the way that we regard ourselves and i'm not talking about self-esteem here i talk i'm talking about inflated uh, opinionated, you know, uh, views of ourselves, but in particular, there are in a modern day there are five things that that sort of gets in our way. The first one I want to highlight is this frenetic activity. We are so busy that that we that 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 we we actually don't want to attend to certain things, and we we keeps ourselves busy, 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 just frenetically doing things. Mm -hmm. Secondly. We have a tendency to numb out the, the sharp questions of life by alcohol or drugs or you know, there's this numbing thing. We wanna we wanna numb ourselves to 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 certain things that the the, the conscience is reminding ourselves. Distraction. We keep reflecting away from what is uh, from what is calling us and, and what is reminding us. And shopping is a big distraction where people used to, you know, what people used to to sort of and they, you know, in a way shopping centers is a desperately desperately lonely place because people walk in there hoping to acquire you know some happiness by the next item that they're going to buy only to be fading away you know a couple of weeks later so Absolutely. distraction is a third one we also have an obs you know we are quite obsessive as a as, as a as a species and i'm now a little bit older so let me say that so in my 
framework is appearing a lot of talk on aging, extending life, and heroic measures to make life longer. Mm-hmm. And it is okay to do that, of course, definitely. I mean, wh- you know, why you want to just like give in? But it can be obsessive to the to the sense that it distracts you from the bigger reality of life, that we're all going to pass away, we're all going to move on. So what and do I'm, you mean, we, sorry, Classy, but what do you mean by the heroic um, um, living longer, a living on? What do you mean so, by that? So what I mean by that is, um, and it's a, it's, a, it's a fine line, but somebody can be deemed heroic in fighting their fight, but in the process, they are ignoring other realities that is around them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, l- let me, uh, I th- what I mean is like, so somebody can be so obsessed with, I am going to survive, that they forget that, they, for- they forget the who and the what they would like to survive for. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, 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 the difficult question here is, if you do not want to die now, if you think you need to survive, there's a question like, why? Why? Why do you? Why do you? Why do you need to survive? I'm reminded of, of Freud in, 19, uh, in 1939. Apparently, when he died, he made the comment that my death will be a small consequence, uh, and I've already contributed my small piece to the human puzzle, and I've nothing further to say. Hmm. And he said, apparently, I was to bring my chip to the mosaic of life. I did that to the best of my abilities. Hmm. Now, for me. I'm not using him as an example, but obviously by quoting him, I am. But there is somebody who did not kick and scream and try to extend another hour, another minute, another day. There was something in him that said, you know what? I've done my bit. I've given my best. It's time for me to move on. Mm-hmm. And, there's that, and there's something, I mean, Oscar Wilde, uh, just on a lighter note, he apparently said something like, um, uh, either uh, either that wallpaper that I, either that wallpaper has to go or I do. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. So 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 that's what I mean by this. But by, by the obsession. So we are obsessed, and this this obsession often is an obsession with self, and that then also distracts us and keeps us from having a. Um, a, a larger life view. And the final one I just want to put on the table is what often is referred to as carpe diem or nihilism. Mm. We just grab, seize the moment. It doesn't matter. Let's just like enjoy it and mm. let's just like make most of it. And yeah, there's, there's times where you should make most of it, but not to the, not, not, um, not at the expense of having a, a larger view of, of what is really happening or what our true reality is like. And I think in many ways, as we've come out of the pandemic, even though COVID is going on, I think people are very much sort of grabbing at any, anything possible to, to say that we're alive and we're out of this. And there's a lot of irresponsible behavior going on because of it. And it's, mm. it's you back to that ego again, that I, and forgetting the we and the thou, you know, instead just focusing on the I. And and I think that's that's very that's very uh, dangerous, because I think in the self-transitory, um, this this time of of self-transcendence of looking is what we are being asked to do at the moment in our world to zoom out, to look at our world world through a wider lens. 
I have a, a short YouTube you're going to be listening just now and showing how we're all connected to the universe and, um, and how self-transcendence can actually help us understand ourselves and others. And I think before you can ever think of understanding others, you have to understand yourself. Why are you numbing yourself? What are you doing to distract yourself? What, what are the obsessive things that you're running to do, whether it's gym, running, or eating, whatever the sexual excess, whatever it is, why are you doing that? What's, what's keeping your mind going all the time? And I think Viktor Frankl, um, when he talks about the transitory nature of life and the ever-changing nature of life, this means that life remains impermanent. You know, our life right now, whatever's happening now, it's like a flowing river. It's not happening just now. And how are we going to accept that change? So absolutely, just on that note of, of the transitoriness, what Frankel also says there is that often we, we think, um, you know, those two big existential realities that, that looms around us, that, that suffering and death is meaningless, and we do not see it. In, and, and the challenge with logo, and, and logotherapy is such a beautiful philosophy to reorientate us towards meaning. So, I mean, he, and he didn't say that you can only discover meaning through suffering. He said that you can discover meaning despite suffering. Mm -hmm. So in terms of today with all these challenges, meaning is there to be discovered. Absolutely. Um, it, you know, it may not be easy, but it's, it's there. The potentiality does exist. Do you want to play the YouTube video? Or well, we're we going to on? just now, but you know, one of okay. Frankl's, um, um, quotes was, it is we ourselves who must answer the questions that life asks of us. And to these questions we can respond only by being responsible for our own existence. Mm. And I think that yeah. is where parents sometimes also don't look from above. You know, they, they're looking at what's happening with their children right now and not actually realizing that they need to start giving their children the responsibility to live their lives as well and to make mistakes and to to suffer the consequences and accept the consequences of those mistakes. Do you agree? Mm. Yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, parenting, ooh, ooh, that is that is such a difficult, you know, we don't, we don't come with manuals. Uh, we, we get born and then we, we get passed on certain things, but parenting and that area of responsibility and letting them you know, bump their heads and letting them make mistakes and how to balance that is a very, very important, uh, a very important part of, of parenting. Absolutely. And I also think in that, you know, you mentioned nature. And I think we as adults and parents, sometimes grandparents, have the responsibility to also show our children and our grandchildren the beauty that is around them that they can escape sometimes from the anxiety of school, of, of social media, whatever it is, and look at nature and look at it in a different way. My husband came home from the synagogue the other evening and he said to me, have I noticed the winter sunsets? And as you drive towards our house, the sunset is in front of you. So it was behind all the trees and everything. And, and he was saying that every single evening, it, it uplifts his spirits just to see that winter sun, beautiful sunset. Now, that is something we can 
share because that is a you know, transcendence of what is actually happening. You're in traffic, you're trying to get home, whatever it might be. But look up and look mm. a bit above yourself. And, and that what you just highlighted there is a very um, useful view from the top. Absolutely. You know, where he could just transport himself and actually see the bigger context within him. He could have been wrapped up uh, with the driving and the, and the news on the radio and whatever, but he was able to, to contextualize and see him within this larger uh, cosmos. But maybe we can get to, I've, I've highlighted seven, uh, seven points that we can, we can focus on. How do we do this? How do we actually find this higher view? How do we create context for ourselves? So, and if you've got a news break coming up, but maybe no, we can start. No, not just, yet. Let's uh, start. Okay. So, uh, the first one I want to point out is um, what Frankl calls self-distancing. So, we as just, so what I'm saying here is that as a person, we have the ability to stand away from ourselves. You know, I often use the saying that we have a mind, we are not our mind, but we do not actually teach ourselves and, and co condition ourselves to create a little bit of distance between our mind and whatever that narrative is and all the, the stories we tell ourselves and the emotions that we latch onto and the fact that we actually can stand away from it. So, so that is a uniquely human capability. No other animal species, nobody, no, no other species can do that. But humans, we can create distance. But the beauty of this and the usefulness of this is only to stand apart and then reorientate and to whatever is meaningful and significant and makes our life coherent. So the first one is this self-distancing. So it is possible. So somebody who you know mustn't come and tell anybody that it's not possible, we can do that. Jumping back into nature, for me personally, there is nothing as there's two favorites of me in, in doing um, a view, getting a view from the top. And stargazing is one of them. By just looking up at the stars and just contemplate here we are seven billion humans clinging to a rock hurtling around the sun with hundred times more animals you know also clinging to this rock <laughs> we and, and here we are in space and in time there is something so immensely insignificant yet we are significant we have massive potential as a human being but in the, in, the, in the process of creating context and getting a view from the top, you know what? You're not such a big deal. You're, no so, you're, you're not so important. You're, you know, the world's not going to stop because of your issues. You know, so, and, and there is there's, there's something normalizing in this. And I'm not being diminishing here. That's not, that's not the idea. But just to stargazing, to just focus on it and, and think about it and just calm down within this larger cosmos, you know, and also obviously it opens up other possibilities of just marveling the beauty of it all. A third one I want to touch on, and it, some, you know, it may be a bit, sound a bit morbid, but is death meditation. Death, and Frankl talks often about the paradoxical power that death is exactly that thing that calls us to responsibility, to make it count. If we could live forever, we will leave things for tomorrow. Mm -hmm. But because our life is finite. We have to do something now and today and not leave it for tomorrow. But, you know, we live with this delusion of reprieve. Mm -hmm. It's not going to happen to me. 
it's going to happen to other people. It's not going to happen to me. And it's not going to happen to me today or tomorrow or for the next 10 years. And we live as if it's never going to happen to us. And then when it happens, there's this incredible, can you believe it? Somebody suddenly blah, 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 blah. Nothing happens suddenly. You know, but we sometimes we're so ignorant <laughs> that we look at these things as if it's a major surprise. And death, no, without no doubt, uh, calls us towards responsibility. The thought of death, you know, actually contemplating death calls us to responsibility of absolutely, life. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. But now, just there's another death can be seen in another context. Death is not only our physical body and mental death, it is also death is also when we sacrifice growth for security when we give up to our fears these little deaths we die little deaths by compromising by not being authentic by denying growth by giving up by making ourselves smaller i mean um, carl jung has got this saying that we sometimes wear shoes two sizes too small mm. now there is something there is a little bit of dying in all of that mm. so so this being aware not only of our physical death but also the days in life the day in every and and all of us we do that you know we all do that we all somehow we we come i mean we're human we we compromise something we give into a fear we shrink a little bit there are little deaths in there and um we need to be aware of that but that takes a it takes a, a lot of courage to actually mentally you know take yourself into that position and the fourth? you touch on fourth one uh, you touched on it earlier responsibilities mm. to be aware of our responsibilities because we are responsible to somebody or something other than ourselves and that immediately takes us into a position where there is a, a different vantage point from which to look at life and whether it's you know we, we spoke about children it can be causes it can be the work it can be when Frankel talks about our uh, our values, the attitudinal values, by being responsible just to myself for doing the right thing, because it's the right thing to do. I'm, a, for instance, I'm a, 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 adopting an attitude, adopting a stance, adopting a tone of voice, or an, adopting a position because it's the right thing to do. In out of respect, obviously, because life is an echo. You know, life is an echo. Mm. We, 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 we have to, to respond and dance with it as we go along. And, and the, the, the walls from which life echoes vary. I mean, it changes for everybody. It's different. But this responsible, being aware of our responsibilities, fully aware of our higher You calling, know, just that you know, reminds me of something what you said there is it reminds me of something that Rumi says when he said, the cave you fear to enter may hold the light you seek. <laughs> you know these poets are brilliant because they, they can brilliant? say all this in one sentence. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. uh, just hang on a sec. Did you hold up a? We just we're going to get back to far, but then you'll actually enjoy the YouTube in between. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on one hundred one point nine High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson on the Finding Human program, and I'm back with Classy Vessels, and we're talking about the view from above. If you would like to disc, uh, d uh, send us a message, please do so on SMS 34519 or telegram us on 
We're going to be listening to a short YouTube. It's called, it's on Stoic philosophy, and it is called The View from Above. The philosopher Pierre Hadot said, Philosophy deepens and transforms habitual perception, forcing us to become aware that we're perceiving the world and that the world is that which we perceive. We must ask ourselves how we're seeing the world. Are we seeing it clearly? The view from above exists in many philosophical schools. The Plaintists, the Epicureans, and Stoics all discovered this exercise of imagination. The view from above allows us to consider the whole of human reality and see the constant state of change in the world. As Seneca wrote to Lucilius, As for me, I usually spend a great deal of time in the contemplation of wisdom. I look at the world with the same surprise. I often feel I am seeing it for the first time. Although it's not only the Stoics who make this plea, the astronomer Carl Sagan urges us in Pale Blue Dot to look again at that dot. From this distant vantage point, the Earth might not seem of particular interest, but for us it's different. Consider again that dot. That's here. That's home. That's us. On it, everyone you love, everyone you know, everyone you've ever heard of, every human being who ever was lived out their lives. Reflect for a moment on an issue you're contemplating or dealing with in daily life. How does this issue change when you integrate a view from above? The Roman Emperor Marcus Aurelius put it this way, Watch and see the courses of the stars as if you were running alongside them, and continually dwell in your mind upon the changes of the elements into one another. For these imaginations wash away the foulness on the earth. When you're reasoning about mankind, look upon earthly things below as if from a vantage point above them. This ancient practice has the power to broaden our perspective and help us to see clearly. As the philosopher Blaise Pascal once said, no matter how thin you slice it, there will always be two sides. The view from above enables us to see beyond our limited perspective to a more comprehensive picture. The next time you find yourself wondering if you're seeing clearly, consider embarking on a cosmic ride and take a view from above. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson and I'm back with Classy Vessels. And Classy, when you mentioned the, the different ways of, of self-transcendence, and you said stargazing. I knew you would really enjoy this. What did you think of that? Yeah, beautiful. That's a, that's a, that's such a lovely ins- insert. And just as as he was saying, walking along the stars. Imagine taking yourself on a journey. You know, on a on your own little aeroplane. You know, walking through the stars. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, mm. amazing. Now, 
he talks about obviously looking at the world in a very different way. And of course, Carl um, Sagan was a, a, a cosmologist. He was a physicist. And um, he he def- definitely did see the world in and that that he brought that pale do- blue dot, uh, which you can get as a documentary. But um, you were mentioning self distancing, stargazing, unique uh, the death meditation, responsibility. What was the fifth? So being aware of my higher calling, and this is typical, Frankel. You know, my my bigger responsibility, what am I called to do? What is my ultimate purpose and ultimate meaning in life? And, you know, on an ultimate level, we might not have, never be able to figure it out. But um, in my, but my life, what is my calling? What am I here to do? And in that process of contemplating those, the, 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 that thought, um, you know, one will be able to, to create this distance and see yourself um, you know from a different vantage point and come to a place where it may mean it may it, you may unlock meaning it may be able you may be able to make sense of it or of the suffering and I'm as we were going through this uh, in, um, discussion today I'm mindful of that comment that was made to you I do not want to live in this world anymore and if one considers this higher calling, you know, maybe that person is an example to somebody else of how to suffer with, with, with in a heroic way. And that is then that higher calling that may, may help that person deal with the challenges of today. You know, when you say that, it reminds me of a friend of mine who was dying and they phoned me, it was it, quite, quite many years ago, they phoned me from the hospital to say that she was afraid and would I come and sit with her and they would put a, a bed in her room and I could sleep there next to her, which is exactly what I did. And I, whenever I'm called in to do something like that, I always take my, my little uh, book of Psalms, Tehillim book, with me. And it gives me comfort. I, have, I was brought up myself with, with poetry and my father reading poetry to calm, you know, to calm my own mind. And uh, so I was reading and... She said to me, what are you reading? And I told her, and it meant nothing to her at all. She said, I've never done that before, but won't you read it aloud? And I did, I read it aloud. And I saw the change in her from this terrible fear of knowing that she was facing her death to actually reaching something greater that it was just... I think it was just in following a voice almost that allowed her to self-distance and um, and actually, um, you know, uh, bring in a different dimension. And it was it was very comforting for me to actually see that. And you know, Classy, the other thing is sometimes um, laughing also um, helps us to to get through a really, really difficult time. And, and Frankel often said that. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM.
Hello, this is Sue Jackson, and I'm back with Classy Vessels. We have been talking about a view from above. Unfortunately, we were cut off for a moment there. It was through no fault of any of ours. It reminds me of um, sometimes we are in the dark, and how we we choose to remain there or to turn on the torch or the generator is where our at is our attitude or our choice in that do you agree classy absolutely <laughs> yeah. now classy you were going to just finish with your your fifth one and uh, yes. and then you suddenly cut out so let's go yes. to that and then we're going to have to wrap up so five is according uh, you know word of our higher calling uh, sixth um having a, a, a good understanding of who I am and my scope of choices that also can hugely help to create this view from the top. And I'm, I'm rushing to finish with humor, you know, and there's a thing about this philosophy that we're talking about these philosophical concepts. I'm, I'm linking to where we started that sometimes we treat this like we treat a revolving door. We stay in the door, we stay in the door, but we don't walk through into life. It's like, you know, when you get to a house, you pick up a, I'm using a, a, a rock to knock on the door. And as you walk through the door, you carry the rock with you. You don't do that. You leave the rock at the door. Mm-hmm. So there's a part of this um, philosophical things that we, 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 we need to leave this behind and get on and living and live with life. I'm, I'm reminded of a, a, I was once I had the opportunity to, to meet a monk who was, uh, you know, for 30 years in meditation in the hills in the Himalayas. And I got through an interpreter to ask him, what is the meaning of life? And the answer came back, I don't know. And I thought, no, 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 that's not possible. How can this expert meditator 30 years not know what's the meaning of life? So I said to my interpreter, ask him what's the meaning of his life? And the answer came back, to be, an, to be a nice person every, or to be a good person every, every day and be nice with the people I meet. Huh. And I thought, wow, that wow. is so simple. <laughs> uh, and what a beautiful message, really, for life, and especially for our life today. You know, um, Jonathan, uh, Lord Jonathan Sachs, um, he said, there's 6,000 languages spoken in the world today. Only one is truly universal, the language of tears. And build a world that honors life. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it it is that um, that ability, as you know, to to also laugh at life. To uh, you know, this this particular friend of mine that I was telling you about, she also took me on a journey of actually laughing. Yeah, Classy, we're going to have to wrap up. I just want to give your details out. You can get hold of Classy on. Just hang on a sec. Classy, K-L-A-S-I-E, at Classy Vessels, one word, dot C-O dot Z-A. And he can give you all his, um, the different workshops he's running. You can also contact him on LinkedIn. And he's often got very interesting things there. Classy, how would you like to wrap up? Just by saying, you know, if you look at, if we think of life as a play, it is easy to write a death scene. But it's very difficult to write a comedy scene. Uh, and we should focus on writing bigger, bigger comedy scenes for ourselves. Absolutely. That reminds me of something that Zig Ziglar said. You are free to choose, but the choices you make today will determine what you have. 
be and do in the tomorrow of your life. So do we want to look at life with, with gratitude, with humor, with love, with compassion? Or do we want to sit in the dark and just say, oh, woe is me. This is life. Thank you so much, Classy. And thank you, everybody, for listening in. Thank you, Craig. And thank you, Vussie.